Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Surprise appearances. Look at us. I got my Ryan Tutel costume on. It's no one's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MTF. Rajim's choking on trail mix. We're knocking over the wagon. The Mirage Bowl program's flying all over the place. It's because it's my almost last show of the year. Welcome in. Nuanas now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas. He's Rajim Seabrook. Hey. We are coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here. If by chance Gus is watching, you know, he always is the, the master of the, the flannels from Goodwill. So uh, I got my flannel on today. I'm regretting it because it's hotter than a mug in here, man. I'm sweating. It's like being on the inside of a sweaty boxer shoe. <laughs> We've already we've already recorded like an hour of the stuff for Friday's show, so we're already fully warmed up. So welcome in. Hope you're having a great uh, week. Have no fear. I'm off the next couple days, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to be on the show. I don't know why I keep telling you guys this. You guys won't even notice and you don't even care. So we'll have, <laughs> we'll have, a, we'll have regularly scheduled on us now as the next uh, couple days. And then we'll have our grand finale for 2023 on Monday. And uh, they will be off for the rest of the year. So no nuanas now, December 19th through January 2nd. But we probably won't miss much because pretty much everybody's going to be on on some form of a break, right? If the Grizz win Saturday, they'll be on a break until January 7th when they head to Frisco, Texas for the FCS National Championship game. High school basketball will take a little hiatus because of Christmas break. The college teams, they have a couple road games both the Cats and the Grizz, are, they have like one or two more games left in the non-conference, but they are on the road 
and then won't be back home until the New Year's Eve weekend. So basically, by the time we get back on the air, we'll have a few things to recap, a few things to preview, but we're actually not going to miss much. This is kind of the formula that we've devised here. You know, I, I like to be around when the sports are around, and then when there's not sports, that's when I take my vacay. So uh, that's the way it's rolling. So we'll uh, we'll be off the air for a couple weeks, but we'll be back at it. We're going to finish strong this week for you. For sure. Tons to talk about today. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, is going to join us about 13 minutes from now, about quarter after uh, the 4 o'clock hour. And we'll talk about the all things FCS playoffs with Sam. We also are going to talk about, uh, we have our Montana State Minute, which has been for weeks and weeks, interviews about Montana State Athletics, specifically Montana State football. But Bobcats, an abrupt and a lot of people say early exit from the playoffs. I think a lot of people thought Montana State would at least be into the quarters last week, uh, and and a lot of people were prognosticating into the Final Four, but not so fast. They ran into the Bison early, lost on a blocked extra point in overtime, but we will uh, diagnose that football season because Montana State was riding sky high for a moment in time. And then it kind of all came crashing down on him. So I've talked about it plenty both here and on Skyline Sports, but I want to get Rajim's thoughts, not necessarily from a specific MSU perspective, but from a program perspective and a team perspective, when you do sort of fail to meet expectations, how do you not dwell on it? How do you use that as a motivating factor into the offseason? Rajim's done a ton of coaching around the state of Montana, so he, uh, he knows how to... Get to the minds of the young people, so we'll talk about that a little bit. The Grizz hockey team, they're also going to be on a elongated break, so we won't miss any of that because they capped the first half of their season with a great surge. Six wins in their last seven, including a, uh, dare I say, signature win over Montana State this last weekend at the Glacier Ice Rink. Mike Anderson's going to swing by. Usually he calls in here on Nuanas now, but the head coach of the Grizz Sackey team, he's going to swing in the studio, so he'll kick it with us here uh, live and in person. Hour number two, we have our ESPN roundtable, which will be a Montana-North Dakota State-heavy ESPN roundtable. We'll give you some early thoughts on the game on Saturday. We're also going to hear from Cole Wisniewski. He is a outstanding student-athlete, and I mean that in the best way, both student and athlete. The young man not only leads the United States of America in interceptions, he's not only a uh, four-year starter and a captain for NDSU, he's also an academic All-American and was a finalist for the Doris Robinson Award given to the top student-athlete in SCS football. He didn't win it because Tommy Mallott won it. So Butte's finest wins it. And uh, tip of the cap to Tommy Mallott, I was I was uh, laughing at the press release, Rajib. Because, Why is that? Because they, they, well, they asked Tommy Mallott, to describe his his major. His major is financial engineering. Tell me a lot, by the way, Montana State's outstanding junior quarterback. He's got a 4.0 while also being a first-team all-conference caliber player. He said, my major is financial engineering. I'm also minoring in finance and minoring in engineering management. Financial engineering is basically quantitative finance that's essential focus is to spread out between economic disciplines, financial disciplines, lots of math, statistics, computer science, coding, data science. He keeps going on and on and on. I was lost after the second sentence. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I just heard Coulter speak four different languages, and I understood none of it. That, it. It sounds incredible. It sounds like he is a brain that happens to wear pads and a helmet on Saturdays, anywhere between August and uh, you know December, yeah. November. Um, it just sounds like he is preparing for life 
post sports, <laughs> no and, I, and I love that. No doubt. I re- I not only do I love it, I respect it and admire it. No, for sure, for sure. Guys like us, we're kind of like linguists. You know, we like to read and write and all yes. that sort of stuff. That sort of stuff is a learned skill for sure, but it also kind of sort of comes naturally to you. There's a talent to it as yes. well. Math has always been so fascinating to me because you can't know math unless you just learn and do math. Yeah, see, I was always pretty good with math because totally. you're, e- you're either right or you're wrong. No, no, that's right. Right? It's so, very, so very black and white. If I'm if I'm wrong, then I'm striving harder to find out what makes it right. But I'm more like you. I'm, I'm more the social sciences, the languages, the history of the literary, that kind of stuff. Got to make a brother go bald in like two minutes. <laughs> Engineer me some uh, new hair plugs or something, man. That's that's crazy stuff. All right, so we got so many tickets. If you're watching on SWX Montana Television uh, or the ESPN MT app, you see I got a stack of tickets here. Because I'm leaving for a couple weeks, we're going to give you tickets leading up all the way until the December 29th Lady Grizz basketball games against Weber State and the, uh, se- the, like se- the September, the December 29th uh, basketball games, Lady Grizz against Weber State, as well as the New Year's Eve basketball games, Lady Grizz against uh, Idaho State. So if you want to get in on those tickets, text us, 406-888-1029. Just let us know you want to be entered in for basketball tickets. For the football tickets, we're going to need a little bit more engagement for that. If you haven't heard... The tickets to the Montana-North Dakota State game, they sold out in like 11 minutes. It was boom, bam. Thank you, ma'am. So there was a lot of speculation. So stay, hold on one sec. I'll tell you what you need to do for the football tickets here in a minute. Actually, here's what you need to do, we'll, and we'll take a call. That I'll, was a fast minute. I'll, I'll tell you uh, what happened with the tickets yesterday, how they sold out so fast. But in the meantime, we need you to ask us a question. You got a question about North Dakota State-Montana? Call right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Jeff will get you. He'll get you on the show. That's going to get you entered in, and you're going to win a pair of tickets to Montana, North Dakota State, 2.30, Saturday afternoon. Call right now, 406-888-1029. The quickest to the draw with a good question will bring you on the air. So here's what went down with the tickets yesterday. There was a lot of speculation that the Grizz uh, sold out their ticket chair because there was bots buying the tickets and then putting them on secondary sites. That that does tend to happen. Conspiracy. But here's what actually happened. So Montana had a record-setting number of season ticket holders. More than 19,000 this year. Those people were all made, the tickets were made available early in the weekend. Like on Sunday. So pretty much all those people, I heard from the ticket office that every one of the season tickets was either, uh, Purchased and or the, and then passed on secondarily, but they were all purchased. Mm-hmm. So boom, there's a huge chunk of them, right? They only had about two, two to three thousand tickets available because you talk about they had three thousand student tickets that they exactly divvied out. Yes, sir. You have nineteen thousand plus that bought the uh, tickets right out the gates. Right, that are season ticket holders. North Dakota State gets a certain amount. Yep, and then the other ones that they did say that there was a couple maybe bots that put them on the. Uh, the secondary market, but by and large, they're saying um, that people were uh, buying them themselves. Mm. I, I do think there's a little bit of there, there needs to be an adjustment in the procedure here because the University of Montana it does already host very many big events, 
football games, playoff football games, big concerts at Washington Grizzly Stadium. So mm-hmm. they do mm-hmm. need to have some sort of software that's designed to to fight against the bots and also fight against opposing fan bases that are coming in here trying to buy the home team's tickets. They do get an allotment of tickets, but probably a lot of NDSU fans were chopping at the bit. So maybe some adjustments there, but uh, this is from uh, Dave Kuntz, who's the uh, director of communications there at the university. He said most of the tickets were largely just sold out. So, uh well, I don't know what to make of all of it other than it's going to be a sellout on Saturday. I think that's a pretty good deal. Well, I'll be there and you'll be there. We'll be there pre-game, during game, post-game. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm sorry for like the actual people who want to go to the game who are actual fans. Sure. And it's not just like a social gathering that the game is a side, uh, totally. side event. Um, I'm sad for those people who didn't get to go. So sounds like we got somebody on the uh, Rangich Brothers RV phone line. It's Adam. Uh Adam, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, you are the proud winner of a couple tickets, which are, I guess, increasingly rare here. Uh, what's your, what do you got? What's your question today? That's great. Uh, my question is, out of these two quarterbacks, you know, we all know that momentum shifts could be what uh, what can make or break a, a team for winning or losing. So, which one do you think is more likely to throw an, an interception that gives? momentum to the other team? It's a great question. Really good question. Thank you so much for the question, Adam, and uh, congratulations again. You are the proud winner of a couple of our tickets to the Montana-North Dakota State game, 2.30 on Saturday. First of all, I got to say that two quarterback systems have been the, the one of the key talking points of this whole year. The Grizz came right out the gates and said we're running one, and it, it was a mess. And then, oh, when they decided, then when they decided on going with one quarterback... Happened to be Clifton McDowell. It, it went well a lot better, and they've undefeated since that moment. North Dakota State has stayed with a two quarterback system, even though they have a four year starter in Cam Miller. He's one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the country. But they brought in this other guy, Cole Payton, who's big, strong, strapping kid. I mean, he's about 6'3, 230. He's a between the tackles runner. So they will play two quarterbacks. Yes, here. they will. They don't let. See, this is to me. Let's talk about two quarterback systems just for a brief moment. To me, I think if you're going to run a two quarterback system, they need to be opposite styles. Absolutely. Because having guys that are the same style, it's just weird. It's pretty clear when Cole Payton comes in the game, they're going to run. Yeah, it's 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 a shtick, if you right. will. Like right. there's it's he's there's the a, running quarterback. He's the running quarterback. Or you know, a couple of years ago in the NFL, there was the whole wildcat sensation. This is this is kind of uh, a, a watered down version of that. And I love this question. I'm gonna I'm actually I want to go back. I almost want to start the comparison between Cam and McDowell. But as far as the platooning system for uh, for NDSU coming into it, it'd be interesting to see how they try to unveil that against a team like the Grizz, where even a running quarterback or a running period, you're going up against a stout defense. And we just talk about ticket sales. Like, here, here we come right back into the fold For of having sure. that 12th man onto, onto that. And when you sometimes have that platoon system and you need to get on a rhythm, Wad Grizz Stadium, its fan base, is a good non-equalizer to, for you to try to get a rhythm into the game on. And it'd be interesting to see how they do it and when it manifests itself. It'd be situational for sure. I know Adam's question was specifically about Clifton McDowell and Cam Miller. That's what we do, though. We extrapolate around here. Sorry, well, let's, well, let's <laughs> on, get to it. On to on is now. So, uh, Miller is as efficient as it gets. I think he's really, really good. Bobby Houck said he's hands down the best quarterback the Grizz have played so far this year. Uh, credit where credit's due. Uh, also, you know, throwing some shade at his rivals like Giovanni McCoy and I know and Tommy Milano Montana State, but still I get it. Cam Miller's very good. 
He's been a starter since he's a freshman. Mm-hmm. Clifton McDowell didn't throw any picks all year long until he threw a bad one against Sac State that did, didn't really matter. No. But then he's thrown picks each of the last two weeks. Yes, sir. And you were saying when we were off air that you want to see a little revitalization of McDowell early, just in terms of the way he starts, picks or not aside, right? Absolutely. Uh, and, and before I elaborate on that, I just want to say that there's a similarity, statistically speaking, between Cam Miller and McDowell. You have uh, Cam throwing just over 2,500 yards, yep. uh, you know, 18 touchdowns to four interceptions, and then the rushing yards from the quarterback position, right. 645 yards yep. and 13 touchdowns. Yes. You parallel yep. that? To be fair, although Cole Payton is primarily a runner, Cam Miller can also run, and they run their quarterbacks a lot, both of them. They do. And then how does that how does that compare, contrast to, to, to Uncle Cliffy McDowell is the fact that very similar stats. That's touchdown to interception ratio. And again, good rushing yards and rushing touchdowns as well. So we're going to see kind of a, I don't want to say a similar quarterback because they're very two different athletes, but similar in the fact that they can do it with their arm and their legs. And 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 they have their team well, well, well entrenched in trust. Uh, they, their teams trust them both. Clifton McDowell each week is seeing a tougher and tougher defense. Yes. My problem with that is, as the defenses get tougher, you need to you need to do the same and right. and, and kind of strap it down. Last week, the first quarter, we talked about it in between segments. Today, Coulter, uh, at this at this stage in the game, for how old you are and all the things that you you can't be skipping balls, brother. That's right. You can't be skipping balls. You got to, you have some of the best receivers in the conference, in one the of country, the, and the, yeah, and and then you you got all world, all everything, WWE. Give him a belt, Junior Bergen. Like you can't skip balls like rocks at this level. Period. You just you just can't. You've been given the reins, man. Like we, you, you got giddy up, son. Like let's go. Um, I think though, the running aspect of his game, the last two games has been beautiful. Uh, sure. He's he's been better able to win win games and win possessions due to his legs more so than his arm. Hopefully this week we get a better balance, so the team is better balanced by proxy. Last thought on this: No one is now ESPN Radio. Both Clifton McDowell and, and Cam Miller have been e- exceptionally good at taking care of the football. Both the North Dakota State defense and the Montana defense have been exceptionally good at taking the football away. Oh, and yeah. They're both top 10 in the country in yes, picks. Yes, sir. NDSU leads the nation in interceptions. Cole Wisniewski, who's our uh, ESPN Roundtable guest this week, he himself is the individual leader in interceptions, individual on football. He's got eight of them. That's so, right. Uh, including one in each of the playoff games so far. So uh, it's going to be part of the chess match, no doubt. We go down to the regular spoilers every full nine. Welcome in our great friend and the guy who helps us lead Wednesday's shows each week. It's Sam Herter, Hero Sports, covering the FCS on a national level, better than anybody in the business. Sam, thanks for being here, man. How you doing? Doing pretty good, getting all geared up for the semifinals. I appreciate you having me on. Here we are in the semis, and we got a Final Four. We'll go through the quarterfinals matchups and what you thought of each of the performances, but just broadly... I, I think it's uh, very interesting to see the semifinal field because you got South Dakota State. I think everybody thought SDSU would be back in this position. North Dakota State, it took them a completely winding path to get here, but they're back in a spot that we're very familiar with NDSU being in. Montana, you, you, you see the brand name, you see where the Grizz have been, but they're back into a spot where they haven't been in quite some time. And then you got you, Albany, who's sort of the new kid on the block. So what do you think of this Final Four, maybe compared to what you thought the Final Four would look like uh, before the season began? 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, uh, we, we've talked about this before, too, when it comes to, you know, kind of the, the more top heaviness of the FCS. And, you know, it's probably a safe bet that, you know, North Dakota State, South Dakota State are probably going to be in the semifinals every year. One or both of the Montana schools are going to be the semifinals every year. And if it's not, you know, all four, there's going to be one team that bubbles up, whether it's a Albany, whether it's an Incarnate Word, or, you know, maybe an Eastern Washington, you know, a few a few years back. And so, you know, going back to the preseason, you know, to say that South Dakota State, North Dakota State, and one of the Montana schools is going to be in the semifinals, I, I don't think is, um, would have been too much of a surprise. If you would have asked me that mid-October, I think that probably would would have been a pretty big surprise I just just because of where NDSU was at. Um, you know, you go back to mid-October, you know, the Montana school in the semifinals probably would have been Montana State instead of Montana. Um, and so, I mean, that's kind of the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows of the football season. But, you know, overall, to see these four, UAlbany is certainly the surprise. But to see two Dakota schools, one Montana schools in the semifinals, that's kind of where we're at right now. Okay, let's take a look at how we got here. By the way, Sam Herter joining us here, Hero Sports. And I guess it thanks to our friends with the Axemen. Winters in western Montana can be unpredictable, and this means you may find yourself in desperate need of a new wood stove. Have no fear. The Axemen is here and has been for over 50 years. Right now, you can find the exact fireplace or wood stove that you need on sale at the Axemen until the end of the year. Now through December 31st, you can save up to 40% off of wood stoves by taking advantage of Axemen sale and federal tax credits. Visit their showroom, Highway 10 West, three miles west of the Missoula Airport, or visit Axemen.com. Uh, all right, so here's the, the SCS scoreboard from the weekend. Montana pulls one out, 35-28 over Furman in overtime on Friday. Then your Saturday slate included South Dakota State rallying past Villanova 23-12. The Jacks into the Final Four again. North Dakota State pounds South Dakota 45-17. And then in the nightcap, Albany rallies and uh, owns the fourth quarter to pull away for a 30-22 win uh, over Idaho. So uh, to start with Friday night, Sam, what would you think of, of Furman coming into Montana, coming into Missoula and giving the Grizz all they could handle? Yeah, that was a fabulous game, and we've had a lot of really great matchups in, in this year's playoff bracket, which, of course, is, is just exciting from a, a national viewpoint. Uh, I wasn't too surprised that Furman gave Montana a good game. You know, I've been pretty high on, on Furman going all the way back to the preseason where I had them uh, ranked in the top 10, and you know, I just felt that they were built you know, really well uh, on the offensive and defensive lines, just their style of play, and the, especially the, the veteran the veteran guys they have on their team, I felt like they could make some noise uh, in the playoffs. Uh, you know, that, that regular season finale loss to, to Wofford, you know, certainly set them back. And, you know, had they won that game, you know, they would probably be playing in the semifinals right now and probably going to Montana in the semifinals as the two and, and three seeds potentially. But uh, regardless, I, you know, I, I thought Furman was really good this year. I thought they showed that they belonged. Um, going to Montana and giving the Grizz a uh, game. But, uh, you know, Montana also didn't play, you know, it's best, you know, kind of some, some lulls uh, in that game as well. But, you know, I've said it, it's, it's a game of inches uh, multiple times, uh, you know, throughout this FCS playoffs. And Montana just made, you know, a few of those extra plays, you know, made those winning plays and, you know, got, got a win when uh, even maybe perhaps they weren't at, at their best and, and still was able to beat a really good Furman team there. The Weather in bringing South Dakota was very South Dakota-esque, dare I say. And uh, that certainly played a factor in it being a close game early on. Uh, but then South Dakota State, once they turned it, then they kind of seized the momentum and, and laid down the hammer and they pulled away from Villanova. Were you ever thinking that, that, that the Jacks should be on upset alert? 
No, not really. Um, you know, things got a little dicey there for South Dakota State in, in the first half, and I would have loved to, you know, kind of poked my head into the locker room at halftime to see exactly what Jimmy Rogers and his fiery uh, halftime speech and what he had to say because he certainly lit a fire under South Dakota State, and they came out in the second half. And, you know, some of those some of those runs that were three, five-yard runs, all of a sudden they were, you know, creasing Villanova, and, um, you know, Isaiah Davis, you know, went off for, for some long, some long runs there. So even though it was, it was pretty close in the first half there, you kind of just always felt that South Dakota State was going to put their foot down, you know, later on in the game and kind of kind of run away from that one. So the overall flow of that game, you know, wasn't too surprising. Uh, but there were some, some big swings there. I mean, South Dakota State got a, a punt block for, uh, for a touchdown there. That really swung things uh, for South Dakota State. But, you know, overall, um, I, I don't know if South Dakota State needed a wake-up call, but they certainly – or, or, you know, they're not going to roll every single team in the playoff bracket like they rolled Mercer in, in the second round there. And so maybe having a, a somewhat competitive game is good for the Jacks. I mean, it's funny because you think, okay, the seedings, but then, I mean, there are two top eight teams, right? I mean, you got a conference champion in Villanova. So, I mean, you know, the fact that it was a little bit of a back and forth, I think that's what you probably expect when you get to this round of the playoffs. A game that didn't have much back and forth, though, that was just a complete and utter whipping was. North Dakota State going to Vermilion and taking apart South Dakota. We were listening to this game on the radio while we were driving over to Moscow, and uh, they just kept pouring it on, man. And it looked like, dare I say, uh, NDSU of previous years. So, uh, two-part question. What did you think of how they kind of got revenge over the Oats? But also, uh, what's helped North Dakota State sort of reascend now? Because I think that, you know, six weeks ago, that's not the same version of NDSU as now we're going to see rolling into Missoula. Yeah, I mean, the, the Bison certainly uh, flexed their muscle, uh, muscle uh, there. And you could tell, you know, the Bison just, um, you know, maybe wanted to a little bit more. They had a little more fire. You know, their punches were, were a little bit harder there, uh, so to speak, uh, going to South Dakota and really uh, rolling there. And I think with NDSU, they're always, they always seem to be peaking you know, at the right time. And we talk a lot about NDSU and being a developmental program and, um, you know, getting getting some walk-ons or getting some underclassmen and, uh, and, you know, developing that. But I also think they do a really good job of developing their guys over the course uh, of a season. And you can say the same thing about Montana uh, this year, and I wrote that in my postgame column, that, you know, a lot of things that were ailing NDSU earlier on in the season, now all of a sudden those are some of their strengths. I mean, their, their defensive line earlier in this year, whether it be up the middle or uh, defensive ends not getting a whole lot of pressure, I mean, that was, that was a big issue for NDSU earlier on in the season. Now their defensive line is absolutely, you know, wreaking havoc over uh, over some offensive lines. You know, they didn't really have a, a game changer at the wide receiver position. Now they have Eli Green, who I believe is a sophomore. He's also stepped up into being, you know, a big-time player. Uh, some of their cornerbacks and, you know, safety play was pretty underwhelming at the start of the season. Now, you know, those guys have, you know, they're all pretty relatively inexperienced at the start of the year. Now they're playing like, like veteran players. And um, I think NDSU has done that multiple times. I mean, you go all the way back to – back to 2015, that NDSU secondary against Montana was absolutely atrocious. Well, later on in the season, you know, Montana played NDSU once again in the playoffs, and, Mon- and, and NDSU was a completely different team because of those defensive backs that weren't playing all that well. They developed, they got coached up, they got more comfortable, um, and they got better as the season progressed. And I think NDSU is kind of doing the same thing where, um, you know, it's not like they got anyone back uh, healthy-wise or anything like that. It, it's the same players. They just you know, got coached up, you know, maybe some scheme-wise they, they did some different things, maybe defensively the call sheet went down a little bit, so the guys weren't thinking, just playing, uh, but they're just playing so much better now than what they were in, in the middle of October. They certainly are. 
Uh, U Albany rallying against Idaho. Uh, there's two sides to this one. First of all, a great fight by U Albany. Great job by them to get in the Final Four for the first time in their program's history. You've talked about Reese Poffenbarger all year long on this show. After seeing him in person, this kid's arm is lit, man. He's got a sweet arm. He's got great arm talent. And talk about a dream come true type of game for Brevin Easton. This dude went all the way off. Nine catches, 228 yards, and three touchdowns for you, Albany. So that's that side of it. On the other side, though, if you're Idaho, you have to just be kicking yourself. I mean, you you left at least 10 points on the field with the missed field goals and extra points. Granted, two of the field goals were over 50 yarders, so you can't say that those are gimmies or, or chip shots or anything like that. But, you know, you, you sort of elected to do that instead of going for it on fourth down, which has been your bread and butter all year long. And then at the end of the day, you took a lead into the fourth quarter, and then you let it slip away, and you let you Albany score 16 in a row. So uh, two sides of this. I mean, good job by the Great Danes, and also you got to be sort of disappointed at kicking yourself if you're Idaho. Yeah, for for the Vandals, I mean they uh, they're in a tight ball game uh, again in the, in the second round, and they made uh, the winning plays to beat Southern Illinois. But this time around, it was you Albany kind of making those winning plays, whether it was connecting on some some big plays uh, down the field. You know, Idaho offense, you know, certainly got uh, pretty stagnant there. Although I, I will say, you know, we talked a lot about how, or I guess I did that. I just didn't think the, the Idaho offensive line would be able to stack up against Albany's defensive line. I thought that young old line for Idaho played really well for the most part. You know, of course, there was that big sack and fumble that, that pretty much sealed the game for Albany. But for the most part, I thought the Vandals, um, at least on the offensive line, you know, things look pretty promising going into next season after another offseason of of developments and you know you all been just made those big plays you know there was that uh, i think the fourth and short near midfield uh and they converted that one to pretty much seal the game and then they they broke off that long touchdown run afterwards where you know that running back probably could have just slid and and kneeled it out from there instead of you know a little bit of um you know happenings at the end of the game where i know at least had, had a chance to, to get an onside kick and tie it back up but you know all in all you already made those winning plays you know they got the talent uh, Reese Poffenbarger showed off his arm, like you mentioned. Um, I think some of those defensive standouts for Albany, they shined at different moments in that game. You know, Amir Hall is a really good cornerback for them. I thought he shined for the most part. And, you know, Idaho, they, they played uh, pretty well uh, as well. I thought Hayden Hatton was special um, in this game. And um, so it, it's a tough one for Idaho. Um, you know, I, they're making the big-time steps under Jason Eck. Now they kind of have to uh, contend with the transfer portal. We'll see if they can continue this extension going into next year. Well, Albany, you Albany plays now at South Dakota State. They're three touchdown dogs. So, what do we think of that matchup? Yeah, you know, I, I thought the the spread for the Villanova South Dakota State game was a little too high. Uh, I mean, because we've seen some quarterfinal matchups where you know the eventual national champions don't play their best. You know, South Dakota State didn't play all that sharp against Villanova uh, last year. South Dakota State didn't play all that sharp against um, uh, Holy Cross go back to 2019 i mean ndsu that was a, an all-time ndsu team in the quarterfinals they only beat illinois state nine to three and the bison didn't look that good um in that one so i i kind of figured the the villanova game would, would be maybe closer than some expected but I, I do think the the 20 and a half points 21 points is pretty spot on for uh for south Dakota state here uh, you, you know i mean you albany i think will will give south Dakota state you know a little bit of a test but i i expect the Jackrabbits to play uh, quite a bit sharper than what they showed last weekend. Maybe run away with this one in the second half. Sam Herder, Hero Sports here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. 
we're up against it, so we don't have much time, Sam. But I just want to ask you just one brief thought about North Dakota State, Montana. I mean, this North Dakota State team deserves all the credit in the world for getting it rolling like they have. They won five in a row, including back-to-back road playoff games in tough environments. They smacked South Dakota last week. The Grizz have found ways to win. They they laid it on Delaware, and then they emerged last week against Furman, and, and they found a variety of ways to win during their nine-game winning streak. So what do you think of two of the hottest teams in college football playing each other in Missoula on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be, you know, one of the most epic semifinal scenes in quite some time. Uh, I, I am leaning, you know, Montana here. That's kind of my gut feeling right now. And I was even kind of leaning that way before the Matt Hentz news. I just think, you know, the home crowd, uh, the atmosphere for Montana, for how hot the Grizz are playing right now. You know, NDSU is playing hot as well, but, you know, three straight road trips. You know, NDSU hasn't had a buy in, you know, 13 or 14 weeks or so. I, I just think this is a, you know, a prime opportunity for Montana. And I guess I'll leave it like this. If, you know, if this year's Montana team doesn't make it to Frisco in this situation, being at home, and this year's NDSU team, with all the doubts they've had, they make it to Frisco with, you know, everything going up against them and their coach leaving and all that, then it's kind of like, all right, when, when is NDSU ever not going to be in Frisco if right. it happens uh, this year? So I, I just think it's a prime opportunity for, for the Grizz and, I guess as a weird way to say, maybe a prime opportunity for the FCS overall to just have a, a new, fresh matchup there in Frisco. No doubt. He's Sam Hurry. You can find all his great work, Herosports.com. You can also follow him on Twitter, and you can also find him here on Nuanas Now each Wednesday. Sam, uh, you're off the hook for the next couple of weeks because we don't have shows again, but we'll hit you up when the national championships rolling around, so we'll talk to you after the first of the year. But thanks for all the great contr- contributions so far this year. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that good stuff, and thanks for being here today. All right, you as well. I always appreciate you having me on and talk again in a few weeks. There you go, one of the best in the biz. Guy's got great insight, man. I love uh, having him on the show every Wednesday. Sam Herter, Hero Sports. Myself, Colter Nuanez, Rajim Seabrook. We're going to talk more SES football. What's up at Idaho? How high of a level could Giovanni McCoy play at? And what is up with Montana State? How do they attack this upcoming offseason? All that next. Keep it right here. Nuanez Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I was like, well, I've never heard this before. A little Weekend Who remix? That's funny. <laughs> so, 
look behind the curtain. We have some bumper music that's like in the system, and then we take it out, we play our own music. But if you forget to take it out and then you play it, then that's what you get right there. A little weekend and the who uh, all up into one. So we were going to play some uh, number one hits from 2015 because that's the last time North Dakota State was in town. That's kind of been the theme of the weeks, the last couple weeks. Who are the Grizz playing and when's the last time they were in Missoula? We did top hits from 93 when Delaware was in town. Top hits from 2001 when Furman's in town. Now top hits from 2015. Although, as you know, won't get fooled again. Certainly not from 2015. That's a That's a... I don't know, 19, late 1960s, early 1970s classic. But uh, either way, those two sound, those two songs overlaid over the top of each other actually sounded kind of good. I was like, oh, Jeff's mixing it down there in the back. <laughs> Gotta love it. Snow on is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Uh, I am Coulter Nuanas. Keep those texts rolling in. We got Lady Grizz basketball tickets for you. We got... Uh, Four pairs, eight total tickets to the Lady Grizz versus Weber State on December 29th. That's a Friday. It's a 7 p.m. game there at Dahlberg Arena. So if you want to go, keep those texts rolling in, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. You want to watch Lady Grizz Weber State, Big Sky Conference opener Friday night, December 29th. Text us, 406-888-1029. We got four pairs of tickets for you, so we'll be giving those away throughout the rest of the show. Rajim Seabrook kicking it with me, Coulter Nuanas here what up? Uh, in the ESPN MT studio. Uh, time for our Big Sky Spotlight presented by Maldonado Law. Dave Maldonado and his team, uh, they are the best trial attorneys anywhere in Montana. Any sort of criminal defense, personal injury, uh, medical malpractice, they got you covered. BigSkyDefender.com to see how... Maldonado Law can help you. Um, your impressions, first of all, I want to do this in segment one, but we got rolling a little bit. So yeah. uh, your your thoughts on Giovanni McCoy, Anthony Woods, Ternez Trainer, all three, uh, all big sky skill players for the Idaho Vandals, all into the transfer portal right after Idaho loses in the playoffs. What do you think? That I would have loved to have been in that dorm room when the three of them had this conversation right? about what their future plans were. Uh, let's start with Giovanni. Uh Please come to Missoula. You are dynamic, and I love the way you play, and you would look amazing in maroon and silver. Um, but what I think is that this kid's going to ascend. Um, I like what you said earlier about his uh, possible placement, and I will allow you the the, the beauty of, of expressing your own thoughts about where he's going to go, but I think that would be a good fit. Um, I think this kid's ceiling is very... Well, there is no ceiling. Like I think this kid in a different system just takes off even further because of his attributes, and you saw what he was able to do in his... You know, very pint-sized serving of the last two years at Idaho and the elevation he has brought to that program. Um, the other two, I think, are going to have good landings. I'm not sure if they're going to go FBS. It might be a FCS to FCS kind of transition. Anthony Woods will end up in the F- FBS. Yeah, well, he's a stud. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it, it, it remains to be seen. Um, I'm actually kind of sad that these guys are leaving Idaho because I think it kind of takes away a little bit from 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 their blossoming, but also just uh, increasing the parity within the big sky uh, Idaho it's a it's a huge blow one of the things that's happening right now at the portal is that the that the entry timeline for the portal started last Monday and it goes all the way through January 2nd Woo. guys are jumping in because of that timeline but you're not seeing guys jumping in from teams that are still playing 
So the best retention strategy a team can have keep winning. is to keep winning. Keep winning. <laughs> there was a, a report out of Fargo that NDSU had multiple guys that had Big Ten offers with six-figure NIL deals attached to them. And that was sort of under the presumption that those guys were going to jump right after they lost. And the presumption was they were going to lose at Montana State. That didn't happen. That's so now NDSU still playing, and he got no portal entries on that side. It's been the same by and large for the Grizzlies as well. Colter, where's our NIL deal? Me and you? Yeah. Oh, baby. What's up? I know. Our name, I, got like, our... I got like two minutes of eligibility left. <laughs> <laughs> hey, your image is worth far more because of all your uh, wonderful dulcet tones on the radio than it is uh, for any sort of football play. I love it when the younger generations <laughs> lies to old men like me. Thank you, sir. Um, how about Montana State? They were preseason one of the teams that was... Favored to be, make a run, a, truly make a run a national championship. Yeah, I think that was accentuated when they took South Dakota State down the wire in Brookings in week two, and then it kept building when they got off to a great start in Big Sky Conference play, and they sat there at five and zero in Big Sky Conference play. They were number two in the country, but then they lost three out of five, including getting whipped by their rival in Missoula. Yep, and then they lost in the most heartbreaking fashion you can lose on blocked extra point uh, in OT. So yeah. if you are the Bobcats, though, they've seen some attrition as well. Multiple offensive linemen into the portal, Sebastian yes. Valdez, who's a all-American defensive tackle. Where do you go from here for Montana State, though? How do you use this as a motivation going into the offseason? You know, you, you you made it to the Elite Eight. Um, you, you have a program that's definitely ascending and on the rise. You have a wonderful uh, ball player in Tommy Malott, and the community, the school, and the program are very behind him. Um, I, I, I think MSU, and I'm, I, I, I don't think I've ever said this many positives about MSU in, in one sitting, but... I, I truly think that they have something there that the nucleus that 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 base nucleus right now is still something to build in, off and around. I'm going to say that again. The nucleus you can build in, off and around. And I think that they have done a great job of recruiting, especially in-state Montana kids from okay. class yep. uh, C6 man all the way up to the double A ranks. Uh, and they've done a good job of, of blending that and having great uh, balance in recruiting out-of-state kids and other transfers coming. Um, some people are like, they have fallen off. They lost their luster. I don't think so. Like, there's just, they've had some stumbling blocks. Welcome to the world. But I do think that we, in a year from now, are having this same conversation about them either being exactly where they left off or progressing further than they were uh, 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 able to do so this year. Factors for MSU this year, I thought. I thought expectations weighed heavy. I thought they did a good job mitigating and embracing those early. And then I think they got crushed by them a little bit late. They also had Good point. just completely bad luck in the way that they lost. I mean, credit to Hunter Pachas, the North Dakota State 6'8 offensive lineman who doesn't really play, who blocked the extra point to give him the win. But, I mean, that's a one in a million that the, the kick goes right in the guy. Pundits would say, Montana State struggled kicking the ball all year. That's a huge issue. they got to figure out how to get kick field goals and kick the extra points. So that's Correct. part of it as well. I also think that injuries, and injuries are a part of the game, and... Everybody this time of year is affected by injuries. But given what Montana State does offensively, not all injuries are created equal. The single most important offensive player in the Big Sky Conference this year is a guy that doesn't really touch the ball. It's Derek Snell. He's their H-back. He's the guy that sets the edge in their outside zone game. They have a couple other guys like Trayton Pickering and Ryan Lonergan who are fine, good at that position. Absolutely. He's the best in the country at that position. So you lose that guy, and it really hurts you. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, but I just don't. I think the last factor is that I just don't know if they were quite ready for the moment. But that's the thing: is 
Sure, you lose Rush Reimer, Omar Abedian, Sebastian Valdez. Those are your headliners that are into the portal already. You also lose some good seniors like Sean Chambers and uh, you know Ben Seymour and, and a couple others, Lavelle Price Jr. Uh, and of course those two tight ends, Pickering and Snell. And, and you know, they had, but they only had eleven seniors on the roster. But you got your core coming back. You got your captain and Tommy Mallott coming back. You got your other captain and Brody Greeby coming back. You got your other captain and Danny Ulalakepa coming back. So you got three stalwart pillars of your program. And on the offensive line, they've recruited so well there. JT Reed, who missed most of the year, he was all big sky guy last year, so he'll be able to slide into one of those guard spots. Is he as good as a Bedion? Probably not, but he's better than most of the other guards in the entire big sky. I mean, he was <laughs> a preseason all big sky guy last year. Yeah, Cole Sane, who's a, a full-time starter two years ago, he also missed this whole season with an injury. And then you still have returners like Justice Perkins, who's going into his fourth year as a starter at center. And you got Connor Moore, who was a great player at left tackle this year. So their offensive line is going to be fine because they've recruited well enough on that side of the ball. So they just got to figure out a way to shore up the middle of their defense, both at linebacker and a defensive tackle. And uh, then I think they just have to use what happened to them and the disappointments of it as motivation going into the offseason. But I still think Montana State is right there. Right? Are, are they there in the top tier ready to challenge South Dakota State? And now, of course, Montana and North Dakota State – not sure, but they're certainly right there knocking on the door, and they will absolutely be a preseason top five team a, a year from now. And uh, I think they have a chance to have a big year uh, in 2024 as well. Come on, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Time now for a little wing it Wednesday. We got free wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, and we got some Grizz Hockey Talk. Mike Anderson, head coach of Grizz Hockey, winners of six out of their last seven, headed into the break. Joins us next live in studio. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. 2015, that's the last time North Dakota State was in Missoula. The Grizz of North Dakota State, of course, played last year in the playoffs, but first time they are back uh, in the Garden City since 2015. That was one of the iconic games in Washington Grizzly Stadium history. The Grizz, of course, won in walk-off fashion. 38-35, Joey Count scored a touchdown as time expired, and uh, the Grizz take down... Goliath that afternoon. Now they got a chance with a whole lot more on the line. That was a nationally televised game, a week zero game, and Brent Musburger was on the call. But uh, this one, they got bid to Frisco in the national championship game on the line. So uh, plenty more talk about that game coming up. Our ESPN roundtable featuring Cole Wisniewski, who's a senior captain for the North Dakota State Bison. He'll join us. Rajiv and I will also talk our way through uh, the matchup as well. Before we do all that, how about one of the hottest teams in the state of Montana in any sport? The Grizz hockey team have surged into the break. Six out of seven they've won, including a 2-1 to win over their rival in Montana State on Saturday. The head coach of Grizz hockey, Mike Anderson, joins us in studio. Man, How you doing, man? Good to see you. I'm good. Thanks for having me again. You know, the last time NDSU played here, yeah. I had just moved here. Wow. So I was like, oh, this team is really good. And then that season went. I know. It's been way after the NDSU crazy. I know. Talk about like one of the great debuts ever. Yeah. It's Bob Stitt's first game. He beats the, you know, I think they had won four straight national crazy, championships yeah. at that time. And then the Grizz lose their very next two games. And they ended up making the playoffs, but they kind of hammered their way to get there. And and uh, certainly the highest part of the season was the first game of the year. So, um, 
And we'll see if there's different fortunes on Saturday. Uh, speaking of Saturday, though, let's talk about last Saturday. So you guys had uh, your double dip. You went to Bozeman Friday night and uh, lost one to Montana State, but then bounced back for a huge win in front of a sellout crowd. So just take us through. I mean, what a way to go to the break for you guys. Yeah, I don't think it could have ended any better for us than it did. Uh, you know, Nash Wilson, our goalie, had a huge game Saturday night. Uh, kept MSU just making every save, made everything look easy. We kept shots to the outside and uh, got fortunate with a couple goals. And it's just one of those games that we felt like all year we played them pretty close. The scores haven't showed that, but finally we felt like we got some some uh, actual results that have matched the play so far. Even if in that game maybe that's not how it should have gone, but we we earned that win for sure. What do you think was the biggest? Uh turning point. I mean, because you mentioned you played, that was a fourth time, right, playing Montana State, and you've been in it, but you turned the corner and got the win. What was the biggest difference, do you think? I think the biggest difference was playing a full 60 minutes. So the yeah. first time we played them in Bozeman, we played a really strong game for 50 minutes, and they scored three goals. <laughs> right, minutes. right. And that kind of actually happened Friday night. It's tied going into the third. It's close for the first 10 of the third, and then, uh, you know, we just sort of lose it that last 10 minutes. And, it, you know, it's easy in sports to try and like make sense of it and give reasons but they're not there isn't always any reason for it. things just sort of happen and you have to be able to adjust and and move on so i think we did a really nice job that after friday a pretty tough loss to come back home and, and just really fight and play well when it comes to what this means for the program you guys we've talked a lot about how montana state's had a hockey team for Quite a lot, a lot longer than the University of Montana has. So, I mean, what sort of breakthrough win is this? I mean, this has to be one of the great wins of sort of the revival of Grizz hockey these last couple of years. Yeah, it's certainly uh, a lot of that's to do with MSU's status, sure. not just because it's MSU, but no, because right. they're a, they're a top team. In that's what level. makes it great, right? It's yeah. not just because it's the rival; it's because they're also one of they're the top really, teams in the region. Yeah, they're right? a very good team. They have really good coaching. They have a great program over there. So, in our third year to step up and and beat them in a game uh, felt really good and was a good uh, validation for our process and what we've been trying to build here. It's certainly not. Uh, the end result of what we're looking for. We're looking to do bigger things, and, and we play them again two more times this year and hoping for similar results when we play them. That's our expectation is to beat them, and that's how we look at it. So it was a big upset on paper and all that, but in our minds, that was what we expected. We expect to win every game we play. Well, that's certainly uh, what you've been building towards. Mike Anderson, Grizz Hockey, joining us here uh, in studio. It's Wing It Wednesday, presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. You want some wings from the Despo? We got a dozen wings for you. All you got to do is call us. Call our number 4406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call number 4. Call right now. 406-888-1029. Can't think of a better Friday or Saturday night than going on down to the Despo and having yourself some wings and then going on over to the Glacier Ice Rink and watching some Grizz hockey. Grizz will be back uh, in town. It's going to be a little while, so maybe you have to hold off, or maybe you just win some wings and go down there and imagine you're watching hockey, and either way, you're, you're getting hooked up. So 406-888-1029. Call us right now. Wing it Wednesday, presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Grizz hockey wins over Colorado State, Cal State, Northridge, Grand Canyon, a couple over Eastern Washington, and, of course, the one we're talking about right now over by Montana State to go into the break, winners of six out of seven. You played a really tough schedule in the first half. You talked about sort of the turning point against the Cats. Just in terms of the overall season, though, where have you seen your team improve and how have you been able to string them together here going into the break? You know, I think we've done a pretty nice job. We started the year off with wins against teams that we should have beat. And then we lost a few games against teams that were good programs that 
we know we could beat and compete with. And right. they, they kind of ramped the score on us a little bit, and it hurt our confidence. It hurt the ego a little bit. So it took some adjusting. So and we had a you know we had a big team meeting uh, earlier on in the year, and we just reevaluated why we're here and what it is, what it is we're trying to do. And guys, you know, slowly from that kind of bought back in. And in a hockey, especially, just one of those games where. You're going to have these these moments, especially when you're playing good teams. Or that second year, last year, we didn't play that many good teams. So right. these moments where maybe we weren't getting bounces didn't matter too much. This year, every single game, every single shift, you have to be ready to go. And that's been a learning process for us to like deal with that level of, of pressure and intensity. So a little bit of a break. Now, you're off until January 5th. So uh, how, I mean, obviously, what, what sort of break do the guys actually get then? They are gone until January Because it's 2nd. winter break, right? Yeah, like we, you know, that's the balance of club sports. Is, right, you right. Know, a lot of the NCAA teams, kids don't get that long of breaks, but we want them to be college students and have that experience. And so we're having guys report back January 2nd. We play the 5th and 6th, and then one game weekend after that. So we have a little bit of build-up time where they get back into the, the crux of the schedule. But, yeah, we, we give them the whole break. We're hoping that they take care of themselves as right. best they can. Uh, but also to step away. I think it's super important that especially the way this first half of the year has gone, the travel that we've done, the amount of games and yeah. you know, the amount of days that we've had to play to just step away and get, get away from rest. the game from a bit and be with your family and be with your friends and, and just be a normal kid for a bit and then stay in shape, though, guys. <laughs> I was just going to ask you that. How out of shape can you get? Because I can get real out of shape over Christmas break. If it was me, it would be, <laughs> it would be bad. Um, so I think, you know, I think at their age it's a little bit easier, but... That first skate back from breaks always a bit of a like oh who who took care of themselves a little bit who yeah, didn't yeah. and you know two weeks in hopefully they're all back going but it certainly is a, a test and it's very unique to the sport of college hockey to have that long of a gap because NCAA Division three is the same thing even Division one they take a pretty big break for the World Juniors and they have two or three weeks off so it's just a challenge of the sport that you have to get through and. Just take care of yourself as best you can. Well, it's been a great pleasure for us to have Grizz Hockey on the ESPN MT app and on ESPN Radio for pretty much the duration of the season so far. 14-11 and 11 overall. What the Grizz take as a record into the break. Winners of 6 out of 7. They'll be back at it on January 5th uh, with a couple road games. Right, you guys going up to Canada? That is next year. We're going to start. Oh, okay. going. So they're coming down uh, January 5th and 6th. And uh, we have them at home here on the 5th. And then we have something special we're doing. On the sixth as well. Oh right, of course. Yeah, yeah. Tucker Tucker Sergeant called me about this. So uh, can we talk about this? I'm not sure. Okay, we'll uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wait. We'll there's wait a, for there's a minute. A, I've seen the press release. Yeah, Jeff did yeah, a great yeah. job on it. We're excited about it. Uh, Tucker says, you know, one of those things. If you know Tuck, he he gets an idea in his head and he just goes after it and makes it happen. Within a couple of days, all of a sudden, we're doing this cool thing, and so it'll be announced very soon. Details will be coming out, but it's a pretty unique and exciting thing we're gonna pull off again on January 6th. So uh, the next time you can see the Grizz hockey team though is on January 5th, and if uh, you ever want to follow along and you can't make it down to the Glacier Ice Rink, you can always find them here on ESPN Radio as well as on the ESPN MT app. So we'll keep you apprised of that. And uh, we'll talk to Coach Anderson when uh, all the rest of the guys are back for break. We'll have a little wing at Wednesday to start the year off, that first Wednesday uh, of the year. Anything else to add before we get you out of here? No, but the NHL is still going on, too, just so oh, everyone yeah. knows. Grizz oh, hockey yeah. is done for a bit, but there's still hockey to be seen. Our youth hockey scene's awesome here. There's tournaments going on. The high school team, they're playing all the different youth. So while the Grizz are on a break, hockey in Missoula is still buzzing along. We have our fun... Uh, Chicken Does No Sports, which is kind of a comedy bit that we do on Fridays. Yeah, there. Yeah, and uh, Carol and she, uh, 
She couldn't get over this Connor Bedard situation with the guy getting traded because he was dating his okay, mom or so something. That isn't true. <laughs> That's not why. Everyone needs to know. See, that I is knew not that why. Coach Anderson could set okay. us straight. Uh, he did. Corey Perry did something stupid at a team function enough to be let go, and the internet ran wild. Wild, I know. Listen, absolutely inappropriate and awful. So terrible. And there's this 18-year-old kid who literally looks like a 12-year-old. He literally looks like a 6-year-old. This is not okay. It's not okay. So you heard it here from a guy with actual sources that this is uh, something totally different than what uh, Carolyn reported. So we'll... uh, We'll set Carol on straight next time that we see her. Thanks for coming in, man. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Thanks. Hour one in the books. Hour two coming at you. First of all, keep those tickets or those texts, excuse me, for the tickets coming in. You want Lady Grizz tickets for their conference opener. Big Sky Conference opener against Weber State on December 29th or Idaho State on New Year's Day, a 2 p.m. tip against Idaho State on, uh, excuse me, on New Year's Eve Day on uh, December 31st. Text us, 406-888-1029. We got tickets for you across the board to the Big Sky Conference openers for the Lady Grizz, the 29th and the 31st. 888-1029. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. Cole Wisniewski, he's a senior safety for North Dakota State. He leads the country in interceptions, and he leads the buys of defense as they come into Missoula. He's our guest on the ESPN Roundtable. That's next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.